Greetings, it's an honor, privilege, and a pleasure. Welcome to To Hate or Not To Hate. I am Nick Cannon, and uh, my my co-host and partner is to the right of me. Hi, I'm Jonathan Greenblatt with ADL. Yes, and the purpose of you know this dialogue, this forum, uh, this symposium, as we call it, is to have a discussion that people uh, often uh, are scared to have, and honestly, I, I don't. I don't like to use the term opposing sides, but we do have various opinions. Jonathan and I come from two different walks of life. We come from two different perspectives. But you know, uh, through this and many other uh, occasions, we've grown to become dear friends and, and colleagues. And we wanted. We initially created uh, To Hate or Not To Hate in the space of wanting to create books, but we stepped into, you know, the, yeah. the 21st century <laughs> uh, and said, if we really want to connect with people, if we really want to have the immediacy of the, the conversation and the dialogue, we wanted to do it in the form of podcasting, visualization, yeah. uh, and speaking of being in the the 21st century and, and really connecting with people, our guest today mm. has mastered uh, <laughs> connecting with people, communities from all aspects, and is probably one of the greatest orators of our time. Oh, when, when I say yeah. professor, uh, minister, uh, I, I, I don't even know where to, <laughs> like, you, you've done it all. Uh, but just as of recently from your, your books as an author, uh, uh, A Sermon to White America, mm -hmm. uh, Unequal, Entertaining mm -hmm. Race, so many, so he's really, when I say a curator of the culture, a uh, purveyor of the culture, mm -hmm. uh, one of my mentors, the one and only Michael Eric Dyson. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you, my brother. Yeah. Always good to see both of these wonderful gentlemen. It's a, it's a great honor to be here. Yeah, uh, and, and thank you for being here. I mean, you, you literally have class that you're teaching tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. At, at, in the School of Divinity, Yes, correct? sir, School of Divinity at uh, Vanderbilt there, and I'm doing a class. I was telling Jonathan on the kind of religious prehistory and extension of Black Lives Matter. So we're going to look at, it didn't just start four or five years ago, right. what was the thought of black theology uh, in the 70s, what was the thought of black people who were coming together in the 60s and before, trying to figure out what to do, how to combat forms of injustice, and bring it up to the present day. Right, and, and it's so important, and I'm glad you're here, because Jonathan and I talk all the time, we have so much discourse, and I think what's healthy is the fact that we don't necessarily always see eye to eye or even, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, our education comes from two different spaces where the books that I have read and the experience, the life experiences that I've had are completely different from, you know, his education process. But to take it all the way back to the roots, a lot of times we're, we're scared to have those conversations. One, right. from just not having that wealth of knowledge, even in the space of when we're discussing, you know, religion and all of those things. Mm -hmm. uh, but in November, you you wrote uh, another essay, or mm -hmm. as, as you, they're they're always uh, full of wisdom. Uh, Thank you. But this one was uh, blacks and Jews again. Right, right. Uh, right. Because it's a constant <laughs> conversation, and what you know, Jonathan and I often discuss is like we want this forum to be more than just even though I'm black and he's Jewish, we right. we want to be able to just talk about rooting out hate. Yes. All of all kinds, yes, yes. Uh, discrimination of all kind. But mm -hmm. again, when we must have those difficult conversations right. about you know, our communities and where we may not see eye to eye or where there was a fork in the road, right. uh, a lot of it to me stems to we're really having similar experiences, mm. but from a different perspective. Right, right. Uh, and to go back to its origin, you know, whether even that idea of and we're talking like, we all, it, it, we're all up under Abrahamic faith. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So why and where do we go wrong to where <laughs> we, if, if, our, if our root is the same, once right. that tree grows, why can't we get back to the commonality? 
That's a great. That's a great point. You got Cain and Abel. <laughs> right. right. You're in the same crib. <laughs> right. You know what? And they can't get along. Right. 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 <laughs> that's the nature. You know. Uh, Faith often practices strange mathematics. You multiply by dividing. So, <laughs> so but the thing is, look, we're from Abrahamic faith, you right. know, those great traditions, Jewish brothers and sisters, Muslim brothers and sisters, Christian brothers and sisters. Great faiths, great traditions, great progenitors, great peoples, great experiences. And then other stuff gets involved, because it's not right. just purely religious, as we know. Right. It's the politics, it's the culture, it's the philosophy, it's allowing religion to get hijacked by other considerations. You know, the great theologian Howard Thurman, a great mystic uh -huh. and preacher, and was the pastor of the uh, Church of Fellowship for All Peoples out in San Francisco, the first interracial church, right? Huh. And he says, I'm as at home in an ashram as I am in a sanctuary. People are like, hey, wait, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is you supposed right. to be a Baptist? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. So, but he said a bigot is a person who makes an idol of his commitments or her huh. commitments. Mm. And so making a fetish, an idol of what you are committed to, right? right. Um, in our tradition, and I'm, I'm an I'm a ordained Baptist minister, when that great Jewish prophet named Jesus, uh -huh. <laughs> like like uh, like Bill Withers said, it's like a person saying uh, uh, they can't, you know they they love Jesus but can't stand Jews. Mm, yeah, okay. Right. Can't say that. Faith, right? right. <laughs> but um, as as Jesus is is talking about it in terms of you know understanding who we are. Uh, as a people, was man made for the Sabbath, Sabbath made for the man. Let's not worship these religious traditions. Uh -huh. Let's allow them to become instruments of revelation, of enlightenment, and engagement. So we got tremendous traditions. We got pride in those traditions. And we've had different experiences as a result of them. So our job is to tell the truth as much as possible about right. those traditions, what their deficits have been, what their virtues have been, what the uplifting character has been, mm. and what the devastation has been. Mm. I mean, I come out of a church, I'm proud of the, you know, Christian faith, I'm proud of the black Baptist tradition, but there's a lot of crap going on there at the same time. I got kicked out of a church when I was 22, 23, because I was trying to ordain three women as deacons, right? Mm. I went in, I said, I'm not stupid, you can't just go in there and change the ways. You gotta teach a little bit, and I did that, and I was teaching and doing my thing for one year. And then a local minister got wind of the fact that I was trying to ordain these women. He said, you're going to let this yellow, I'll just say he said Negro, but you know. <laughs> right. Y'all know what he said. Right. And I was right. like, really? Yellow on yellow crime? You yellow than I am, bro. He said, right. you're going to let him come out here and change our church and mess up our church. So people are invested uh -huh. in religious traditions sometimes that are destructive and problematic within all of our faiths. Right. Uh, the bigotry, the inability to acknowledge that we have commitments but those commitments should be subordinate to broader claims of justice, of truth, of right. the, and in my case, of understanding how they relate to the broader world. So as Robert McAfee Brown, the great uh, you know, theologian, late great said, uh -huh. the church is like Noah's Ark. If it wasn't for the storm on the outside, you couldn't stand a stink on the inside. <laughs> a lot of stink on the inside, right. a lot of storm out there. Right. Having said all that, these traditions are malleable, they change, they evolve, they should grow as we grow. Stuff we used to think about 20 years ago, we're different now. Stuff we thought about 200 years ago, we ought to be a different, a bit different yeah. now. Some things we ought to hold to, some stuff we ought to get rid of. So I see that in relationship to our communities yeah. of faith, grasping hold of an ideal of getting along, an ideal of God, but then how that gets translated into how we treat human beings. Another friend, I'm quoting all these people, the late, great James Washington, a great uh, church historian said, sometimes we go to church to love God instead of our neighbor. <laughs> right. We don't want to do that work. Right. Right. That's right. the hard work. You know, love that God, oh yes, work. you know. But then what about who lives next door to you? Who's right. in your arena? Who's community. in your it, it community? It's easy to show up on a Sunday morning and pray to someone you can't see. It's much harder to spend the other six and a half days of the week and <laughs> interact with people. Amen. And you have this great, you know, you have this, again, Nick alluded to it, this wonderful op-ed in the New York Times, mm -hmm. and you talked about the black and Jewish community as being friends and lovers and sometimes rivals. Right, right. Why do you think our two communities seem so interconnected? Yeah. So, so almost, there's almost like a symbiosis, it seems, between mm -hmm. the black American and the American Jewish community. Why is that when we're such a 
diverse country. Yeah, no, they're Latinos, they're yeah. indigenous, they're all kinds. Right. What is it about blacks and Jews? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, <coughs> we're just first lovers, you know. You, you're my first love. Right. You think about it, uh, you know, the Exodus story mm. of the Jewish faith is central to, to black religious community. Mm. Like getting up out of here, raising up our Pharaoh, mm -hmm. you know, let my, my people, people go. go. Yeah. <laughs> or as Jesse Jackson used to say, my people let Pharaoh go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we look at those religious stories and narratives, right? Yeah. Uh, in enslavement, black people are using uh, what has been called the Hebrew Bible, what is called the Old Testament, mm -hmm. using religious scriptures to figure a way out of the conundrum, out of the, the, the horrors, the terrors of enslavement. And so we look at a people like the Hebrew people who were enslaved under Pharaoh. So we saw the parallels. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Jewish brothers and sisters, you know, as we sprang up, as we gained our footing in American society, and then, you know, say 2%, 2.5% of the population, we're anywhere from 8%, 9%, now to 12 13%, able to marshal and manage the energy of resistance to social injustice, especially white supremacy, we had that in common because we had a common enemy. And the enemy was white supremacy. The enemy is saying, uh, yeah, you might pass for white, but you're not white. We look at your nose, we look at your name, we look right. at your religion, we look at your hair, right? That's how Jufro. I don't have that. I don't. I, 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 <laughs> but that you is got not Isaac, my but issue. But you got the Isaac Hayes. Yeah, yeah, you got the Michael Jordan. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Hot butter. That. So I was trying to get you sexy this. <laughs> right, right, right. But but look, the thing is, is that we're 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 tied follicularly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. We're tied in terms of culture. <laughs> we're tied in terms yeah, there, of. There, one of them words that turn you know exactly. The one that's certainly tied. The follicles. The follicles, man. We're tied in terms of the culture. Culture, the the history of oppression and so we 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 found each other right. in that sense that book was central to us those Jewish prophets were central to us yeah you know let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream you got the greatest orator and thank you for your kind words yeah. in the arguably in the history of this nation standing at 34 years old yeah. before the nation in 1963 on August 28th right and talking about a dream. justice rolled down like waters and righteousness <laughs> yeah. like a mighty stream. I have a dream, right? right. So, so when we look at Maimonides, when we look at uh, Martin Buber, Yichon right. when we look at Abraham Yahshua Heschel, right? Yeah. These are all figures yeah. that inspired my own religious imagination and fired me as I came into my own consciousness. That kind of relationship between great prophets, great religious figures, and cultural traditions of resistance, the civil rights movement, Jewish brothers and sisters being disproportionately involved as the white folk in the movement, right? Mm -hmm. And then black people and Jewish people joining together, figuring out ways to fight against this, but also internal tensions mm. yeah. and schisms. You know, when we think about the history of struggle against oppression and talking about the state of Israel and its right to exist and the defense of Israel, certain right. forms of Zionism, within, say, from Martin Luther King Jr. on, uh, way before, think about the great friends of African-American people within Jewish communities, mm -hmm. but also tensions, you mm -hmm. know? What's the state of a state, a government of Israel, and its relationship to Palestine, mm -hmm. and black people's identification with oppressed people who are Palestinians, and many Jewish brothers and sisters too, right? There, there's a strong tradition within Jewish faith and community about that, but also tensions involved. Mm -hmm. How do we speak about it in ways that we don't demonize and otherize each other right. by coming to grips with honest differences of opinion about approaches to government and politics and religion and the like? And it's more the, is it that simple concept of truth and reconciliation no and, 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 and building community in that sense. And you, you've touched on so many things. Mm -hmm. uh, and just scratching the surface, but I think part of it would, when you said our origin story mm -hmm. of our communities, right. because clearly there's a connection there. No doubt. But I think oftentimes, and even you know the stuff that we've just recently seen in, in, in mm -hmm. the, the media cycle, right, right, right. Uh, when our community is searching or or wanting to identify mm -hmm. um, 
especially when we see what we view as success or mm -hmm. in other communities, we like to have that conversation where even the time when we talk about Hebrews. Right, right. Like, we want to say, because of our religion, and mm -hmm. we're like, when we hear those stories of Moses or Abraham, and other, mm -hmm. we want to say, those, those people looked like us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those people were us. Those mm -hmm. people came from a, a, an origin geographical setting that right. we relate to, whether right, we right. call it Africa or whatever that state is. So we also want to say that too is our birthright. Mm -hmm. And if this is my brother, as we use the terms, yeah. brother and say, so when we speak of these things of like, hey, I'm, I'm just as much Hebrew as you are, that conversation often in the Jewish community looks says we are minimizing their culture and their their journey because from his perspective, how can you say you are me when right. I am me? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good philosophical problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how, the, the existence of other minds, of other cultures. Right. Uh, I'm thinking Thomas Nagel and a lot of uh, nerdy philosophical stuff right now and access to truth and, and Kant. But here's the point. All that stuff we're talking about exists in a political culture, though, right? It's mm -hmm. not as if it's neutral, like the pursuit of knowledge about right. Hebraic conceptions of black identity and the way in which anti-blackness has operated in multiple sites and mm -hmm. the refusal to acknowledge when, when the Bible speaks of wool's hair. Oh, okay, that's, right. that's kinky. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. bronze skin. Oh, that looks like us, yeah, yeah, yeah. whether it's Egyptian or Kemet and so on and so forth. But that pursuit of knowledge doesn't exist without political consequence. And what I mean by that is that nobody is uninvested and value neutral mm -hmm. and, and uninterested. <clears throat> when we talk about looking for roots and we speak about, say, black Hebrews, right? And there's a fascinating book uh, that I've read, a tremendous book that traces the genealogy of when that began, because that began at a certain period. Right. Isn't, it like a con isn't it a construct of like the first half of the 20th century in the United States? No doubt about it. It came out of that, that Israelite movement Late, late 1800s, when, early yeah. 1900s. Well, that's the thing, too, because I also want to correct or at least make clear that there is a difference between, you know, black Hebrews right. and black Hebrew Israelites, right, where, right, right. Like, where the identity, or even just the black Jewish community. Right. Yeah, I mean, where, there, are dirt, there are definitely, if you will, Jews of color. Right. African-American people who are of the Jewish faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they are as Jewish as I am. Or right, as, right. And my kids who were bar mitzvah. Yeah. And, you know, the, there is a black Hebrew tradition, which right. is different than like a traditional, right. if you will, Jewish tradition. But, and there's, and through Absolutely. that, you know, there's a, I want to say, uh, uh, there's an energy of that birthright conversation, mm -hmm. or I'm here to get mine, or just do, or the mm -hmm. that, you know, as a black person, I understand because in seeking identity, or right. even in a black person in America, where you feel like there's so much trauma, there's so much, right. you know, systemic issues mm -hmm. to keep us disenfranchised right, right. that if when you hear something of greatness of royalty that you want and you say that's mine I you that that analogy and I, this analogy is one of the things that probably got me in trouble in the past mm -hmm. but I always thought it was a brilliant analogy is <laughs> when uh, you you're you see somebody with a brand new bike riding down mm. the street and you're walking and you're like hey that's my bike <laughs> you right, know what right. I mean like right, right, in right. that sense of birthright because you're looking to attach you, what has been stolen from you mm -hmm. you know when when throughout generations of like I have no identity in this country and then right. there's people who do have identity in a prominent sense mm -hmm. that I would love to associate myself with, but I'm not allowed to, so I, therefore I got to keep walking while everyone else is riding. No, that's, that's a powerful, powerful analogy. The question would be, 
when you see the bike, is that your bike? Right. We all got Schwinn's, <laughs> yeah. but I got the orange crate, right. <laughs> and I got the ones with the cars on the spot. You know, <laughs> right, so, right. Oh, it looked like, oh, my bad. But if I've never had a bike, how do I not know that's my life? That's true, too. Right. But when right. you go to the airport to shift analogies, right. a lot of luggage looks the same. <laughs> Right. For, for you take my Toomey bag, right, right, right. make sure that's your Toomey bag <laughs> right, right, right. that you bought with your $986. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. So the thing is, is that, look, the acknowledgement, and it is a brilliant analogy, by the way, uh, it, it, it seems to travel, right. so to speak. <laughs> so, but, so that's true, but the question is, you know, when we look at claims of genealogy, when we look at claims of descent, mm. uh, you know, and, and biblical narratives and so and so begat so and so, right? It's, right, it's, right. Yeah. All them names. The, the beauty. Go back. <laughs> right. 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 That's just hip hop call out. Right, right, right. Yeah, I see my man in the house. <laughs> right. Right. Jay Green. Son of this person is his brother right. of this yeah. person. That's all it is. That's the biblical, that's the, that's that's so the, Hebrew, that's the Hebrew record. Right, right. 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 Yo, oi. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's there, right? But the thing is, when you make a claim about a similar genealogical order of descent, who right. we came from, whose house we're from, right? right? That's one argument. We could say, hey, look, you know, there were brown skinned people, there were darker skinned peoples who have been demonized because we know the demonization of darkness is characteristic of the modern West right. Right. and even before in prehistoric cultures, but sometimes we project from contemporary spaces back into ancient spaces. So we gotta, we gotta untangle all that stuff. Mm, right. So when a claim is made about that's me too, I can understand philosophically and metaphorically we say, or, and they're making literal claims like, no, geographically we descended from that arena, from those peoples. But at the same time, the very existence of a culture and a tradition that grew from ancient roots that, that, that has gone off into this direction means that you can claim a participation in that, but that's not quite the same as a kind of reparation. Right. Like we were part of that tradition, got kicked out, well, this is what you owe us. I think that to make the argument about filial mm. relationship, right. relationship because of common ancestry is a different kind of story uh, to be made and black people have certainly been blocked out of that. But I think the also on the flip side of it, point, Jonathan's point about late 1800s, early 1900s, when we have the evolution and development of the very idea, the conceptual framework through which we began to, to understand the relationship between black people and ancient cultures. Yeah. That's a bit more tricky. It is a bit more tricky because you know, what used to be called one thing is now another thing. Right. It was Rhodesia, now it's Zaire, and we right. go back to ancient culture, ancient Kush, and all that kind of thing. Right. The question is, to what degree, when people make the claim of participation, is it a participation of uh, like-minded sojourners on a path of truth that we are now inheriting together? Yeah. Or is the argument about, that's mine, I'm the real one, you're not yeah, the so one, and, you know, how do we displace those figures in deference to our own genealogical claims? So that would be a different you're, you're argument. You're getting on it, Michael, because like I think for Jewish people, for many Jewish people, when they hear that, they say, well, wait a second, for 2,000 years, and Jews are interesting because we are both a religion mm. and an ethnicity, right. kind of, and a culture all at the same time. Right. So that doesn't mean that all Jews are of Is the it same a, Are you a race as well, too, just even? Like, I, like this term race, like, what does right. it really mean? Right, right. right. Like, we were with Stephen A. Smith this morning, right? Mm -hmm. His dad was Caribbean, mm -hmm. right? Like, right. his mom is African-American. Mm -hmm. right. So, like, but he's of the black race. But there is no such black, no such right. race as the black race. Right, right. Right, but racism but is a real thing. Black say, because people it's so... Face a real problem. The right? average person doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't even get that, doesn't won't go that. ethnicity, culture. They go race. That's right. Well, think about Whoopi Goldberg, right? Right. And now you just can jump go in. There. When yeah. she was like saying, well, well, wait a minute, is it, if you're not a race, if you're an ethnicity, you're not a race, then when I said, well, the Holocaust wasn't about racism, which, okay, <laughs> we, we, we right. know what it is, but it's it's tricky because some Jewish brothers and sisters don't want to be seen as a race. That's right. Seen as an ethnicity. So like Hitler told us we were a race. Right. right. Enemies, said, your enemies know who you are. That's exactly right. <laughs> so Hitler's famous quote was, the Jews are definitely a race. 
just right. not a human one. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was Hitler's yeah, famous quote that. about deal the with Jews. That. Right. Deal with um, that. So, but it's challenging because when Jews, for a long time, said, "Well, you are not really a people, mm. or you are not a real religion, because you mm. didn't adopt Christianity, you didn't accept Jesus, you didn't accept Muhammad. You're not really the right religion." Mm. So many times, for Jews, when they hear, "You know what? We're the real Jews." Mm -hmm. We're the real people. Mm -hmm. That has echoes of displacement that have been there for a long time. Mm. Yeah, like oh, sure. trying to marginalize or minimize or delegitimize our ancient Humanity. roots to un-Jews, <laughs> to un-Jews, yeah, un and it is it is complicated because again, when I mentioned Whoopi Goldberg, who's a, a dear friend of mine and, yeah. a, and a tremendous oh, woman, and yes. I know you, yeah, I know yeah, all yeah. of us know her. Yeah, we do. And she's you know in public trying to struggle with a legitimate point. You know, yeah. what is a race? How do you constitute race and the point you're getting at? Yeah. Because it is a construct. When you it use is. the word construct, bruh, ain't nobody born right. with a sense of what race is. You're born, we're kids, we, we're playing right. with each other, we know each other. Then society fills in the blanks. It tells you you're black. <laughs> it tells you you're different, you're right? Not with and we, all, different. we all have that moment when, as a kid, we realize, oh, we're not the same. Right. Like, we all can, whether it's on the playground, someone calls you a name, or right. yeah. you get treated differently because of your color, stature, height, whatever it is, right. we all remember those moments. Yeah. Right. But let me let me flip something on you, because I, I, I want interested to hear what you say about this. On the one hand, we can read it positively. I'm part of your tradition. I'm part of your <coughs> root. I'm part of that. But some people have argued that it's so deeply and profoundly anti-black. Why is it that those known as black Hebrews, black Hebrew Israelites, won't accept their blackness in the context of acknowledging the origins of their beauty and power and their genealogical roots in black cultures as opposed to seeking uh, an affiliation with the manifestly white people right. that they now want to kind of move in on and claim that when they can't even claim the full range of the blackness from which they have emerged, which has been t we have been taught is ugly, Right, Martin Luther right. King Jr. spent a whole lot of time saying, "You got all these adjectives in the in the in the dictionary about yeah. black, and they all negative." Right, right. 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 How have we internalized <clears throat> a kind of self hatred? Because the the thing we have to deal with on the flip side, as you know, and you know this more better than most of us, like when when I when I come up against uh, some of the gatherings of our brothers. Uh, in these situations, mm. man, they hate those a whole bunch of people. Right. They hate those of Negroes, yeah. I know. They right. hate those of black people, and they're using such vociferous language right. that that negates the humanity. Because it's one thing to say, that's my, Jonathan Greenblatt, you come from a tradition that I recognize, that right. I want to be part of, that, <clears throat> that you owe us a kind of genealogical reparation. That's one thing. Right. But when you're calling me names, right. and you're coming at me and saying that I'm not human, right. and you're siding with Hitler because you said Hitler was right, then I'm questioning, now, you could, Jean-Paul Sartre, Semite, anti-Semite. Right. You could talk about internalized self-hatred. We got right. that in black communities. Right. We got right. that in Jewish communities. Right. So I'm wondering, the, the, the contemporary manifestation of an ideological tilt right. toward that kind of anti-blackness has to be called to account within black Hebrew communities that seem to be using yeah. the vociferous language of hatred, we're talking about hate or not hate, yeah. in ways that could undercut their argument. Well, that's what, like, you're, that's you're preaching to the that's choir powerful. on this yeah. one, because I don't think any of us are going <laughs> to literally disagree with right. that, where we right. just understand, like, Hate has no color. Hate has right, no right, creed. Like right. when you when it's just evil, no, wherever it's spewed. Yeah, and you, all of our religious traditions got them. Yeah, all, yeah, all of, of course, our religious of traditions course. got them. So, but to go back even to the the conversation specifically about Whoopi for a second mm -hmm. is, to me, what when things are perceived, mm -hmm. and and I think that's even why this forum is so important because you get to those spaces where you're even in trying to speak about something positively right. hate can be infused and you don't even know that that's occurring because of taboo messages or even i mean you just put it so yeah. eloquently even just in the conversation about the word race right right when it's like again the conversation could we could have been trying to get on the same page mm -hmm. we were driving right. down the same road right. and then we came to this fork that just 
separated the conversation, mm-hmm. and my people <laughs> went left. Yeah. Your right. people went right, and it was like, man, we were so close. So is right. that is that a function of how hypersensitive we are as a society today? Because everybody, like, any perceived kind of yeah. overstep, or is we that... must cancel them because right. they didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think all three of right. them. I hate cancel culture. I'm, I'm <laughs> right. telling you right now, yeah. I'm not down with it for a minute. And right. that's why we changing cancel culture to council culture. It's right. beautiful. Yeah. Well, I wish we could do it. Yeah. Right. I wish we could do it. We're gonna we're, do it, Mike. Doing it. When, when, when people, I mean, you mess up, and I mean this racially, gender. I mean the right. whole kit and caboodle, right? right. I, I use the example, and I think. Uh, uh, in your audience when I was talking about Ralph yeah. Northam. There's an entire book yeah, out on yeah, Ralph Northam yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, those black folk, cause I know because they called me up, you know, my man right. Pharrell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, you know, and he was like, yo, Virginia, hey, Mike, I want you to talk to these politicians. I right. talked to them, and they were like, hey, should we... So we go after my man. I was like, no, right, because right. nothing better than a than a forgiven white man, <laughs> right, 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 than a guy who's been forgiven into his greatness. Right. As first of all, did he do the blackface yesterday? Right. So let's remind what we're talking about. We're talking about Governor Northam of Virginia. Ralph Northam of Virginia, <laughs> right. Right. who appeared in blackface. Right. Right. He was a physician as well. When he was right. much younger. He much was younger a, and a physician. Although like in college, I in, think. Yeah. In college or still uh, no uh, excuse, but right. Medical school. Right. <laughs> right. Just like, before, long before his political career. Yes. Long before his political career, but you know. But <laughs> the roots. Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. The roots. Sure. Right. Sure. And you're going to. But what scared me because well, it's more scary. Forget politician. You a doctor? A doctor, right. So you got some Dixie going through your thing. All right. 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 Having said that, um, was it last year? No. Was it two years ago? No, right. no, it's 20 years. All right. I mean, did he change? Right. Has he evolved? Because if you're going to cancel that white man, there's a lot of white folk you're going to have to cancel but then, who are doing this, but right? To the, and not to cut you off, but because right. I want to just show the, the right. also the ideas of what Whoopi is mm-hmm. uh, dealing with and even the idea of, like, when these things are brought to the forefront, right, and we must take accountability, that's one of the right. words Jonathan yeah. loves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in that sense, would you, ha- if it wasn't brought to the forefront for you to take account of it, would you have ever either apologized, sought out the education to be corrected, or even in a scenario like that to where you now, as the governor, you're trying to justify in that scenario to where... If it would have never came up, I ain't gonna bygones say I, be bygones. Right. Got you. I ain't got no. I ain't saying I got experience with this issue. I'm about to say, <laughs> but if your wife catch you, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, was you gonna was you gonna apologize right, before I right. caught you in bed right. with another woman? Well, baby, uh, the thing is, ain't none of us gonna uh, usually apologize right. until right. we caught. All right? right, let's just be real. Right. Right? Right. So right. Let's, let's let's not have the baseline be so high right. that it's ethereal and it's not real. Now, right. having said that. Of course not. But when I got caught and I had to efface myself, I started thinking, man, I've been jacked up for 20 years. Mm. I've been doing this in a wrong way. Right. So, no, I wouldn't have apologized otherwise, but this became the occasion for a broader philosophical commitment to truth that right. I now had to be confronted with. So here's my point. So maybe Ralph Northam would have never said that. It would have never gone down. But a lot of good stuff he did not, might not have happened either. Mm. So let me, let me finish my point. So, so the thing is... 20 years ago, he did this stuff. It was jacked up. And first, he was admitting it, right? He was like, yeah, you know, I was trying to be Michael Jackson. Right. Remember, <laughs> his wife stopped him. He says, yeah. I can do the moves. Uh, hey. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. Chill out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so, and so, it ain't the honeymooners, but it was a different Ralph. <laughs> so, she had to calm down. She was like, no, nah, right. don't do that right now. Right. So, right. the point is, if it had been a culture where he could have acknowledged that I messed up. Right. Mm-hmm. And that I did the wrong thing, but no. Yeah. The moment he acknowledges that he messed up, you're done. Right. You're finished. Right. You're over. So now I got to lie. Well, I don't think that was me. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of people were imitating Michael with the jacket. Right. Now you've got to create an infrastructure of mendacity to cover your butt because right. the culture is so judgmental that it's unforgiving. Now, I'm saying all that. And then, to say then this. we don't get the truth, therefore then we, we don't, don't have truth, no reconciliation. And we don't get no reconciliation. So what did he do? He, the, the black folk there in the, in the legislator forgave him, so to speak. Didn't go after him, didn't try mm-hmm. to get him out. 
and what this man did legislatively after that is pretty darn remarkable. Identifying with uh, poor black women who were struggling in terms of their health care. Pulling down Robert E. Lee's statue. Now they're going to put up what? Harriet Lacks there, right? right? So when you think about all of the systemic policy stuff he did yeah. in light of the fact that because he was forgiven. Because he got called, but, cause he got called but, but, out. But, 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 but it's, it it's, it's just called he was that he forgiven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was forgiven. Yeah. Right? The reason you here, the reason you here and yeah. I'm here, well, somebody done forgave us at some level, bruh. 100%. Right? If we're talking about the religions, we Especially me. About. I get forgiven all the time. <laughs> right? So, so, but it's often the people who get been forgiven the most who do the right. least forgiven. That's, so my that's point right. is, that's right. is that's that, right. yeah, Ralph messed up. And he did it publicly. A lot of us done, but messed up privately. He ain't got right. to be accountable for that's it what we're in saying. a certain way. So my point is, it's not that he messed up. Every, all of us mess up. What you do when you messed up? Right. He was held to account. He could have gone on and said, look, I'm good. Thank you for forgiving me. He committed himself to a rigorous program of racial reconstruction, and his reconciliation became the bridge to deeper commitments to the ideals we claim to be committed to. So at that level, that's why I'm saying cancel culture would have wiped that out. Right. Yeah. And the next white guy, if they'd have found him, if they'd have put him out, Hey, did you do, uh, as it turned out in Virginia, the next white guy did have blackface. So, right, right, so right, right, they had to go two more down. Right. But okay, you get a white guy, you find one. Did you do a blackface? No, no, no. All right, cool. Right. Are you committed to, oh no, I'm not, I'm not about racial reconciliation. Right, I'm, right. I'm, about, I'm about, about justice. Right. So now we get the value, we get mm. the, the, the personal feeling, aha, we got you. Yeah. Ralph Northam is out, but no justice is done subsequently because the next guy or woman doesn't feel compelled to have a racial program that addresses the issues about which they are now ashamed. Yeah. Right. There's a political utility to a certain kind of shame that needs to be recognized. I'm not talking about going around shaming people. Right. I'm saying the shame you feel as a consequence of knowing you messed up, must so be can you calculated into what you're doing to correct well, it. Well, this is like the Christian tradition and parts of the Jewish tradition, right? I think so. We all are we all, we all err because we're human. Fallen we're created short. in the image of God, but we're not God. Right. The imago dei has been jacked up. Yeah. The image of God jacked up in us, <clears throat> and so we need to learn to forgive. And that's what you meant, I thought, by cancel culture. Right. No, you're wrong. Nick, you messed up. Michael, you messed up. Jonathan, you messed up. No, can we be? Yes, I messed up. I'm a feminist. Try to right. be committed yeah. to those principles, but right. I'm a man. Yeah. So I'm going to mess up every day. Yeah. But right. don't put me out the culture of attempt and pursuit right. of female or feminine right. justice because I messed up. A, a <clears throat> white person, let me tell you what, and I believe a lot of white people have been canceled in terms of, right, we're so hypersensitive now yeah. that a small thing yeah. about race, about class, about gender, and you're done. What about, oh, wow, okay, I didn't mean to do that. That was stupid. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me go on. No, you were stupid and you're dumb, you messed up, and you got canceled. Let me give an example. The young white kid who was uh, uh, repeating what he said on a rap song. Right. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got oh, a yeah. scholarship, yeah. right? Now, what he did, was it wrong? Absolutely. Bro, you you old enough to know. Even if right. uh, people saying N-word, <laughs> yeah. that ain't your word. Right. You can't say it. Here's the occasion when you can. Never! Is that clear enough, everybody? <laughs> all white people, you can't ever say it. Right? You want to say it, though. <laughs> oh, can I just one time? I, and I told white people, I said, look, I'll, I'll, here's, here's, my here's my bargain. For 24 <laughs> hours, I'll let you say the N-word. All you want, if you uh -huh. give me all the collective wealth of white America and transfer it to black people, you can say the N-word for 24 that's hours. That's a trade. 24 yeah. hours, right. But here's my point. So the white kid is singing his rap song and, and forgot to not right. say that part. Right. So tell him, hey, that's wrong. Take his scholarship? Yeah, nah. Bruh. Right. My point is, can we not have reconstitution? Can we not have restitution? We talk about restorative justice. We, we look out here and we see black people committing crimes and so on and so forth, but you put them in jail far longer than white kids or non-black yeah. kids. Yeah. So we say we're about restorative justice. Yes, you did something wrong, but let's restore you into the community. Hold them accountable, but then restore them. But the same people arguing about that on the, on the, on the side of incarceration don't do that when it comes to other considerations, existential just, considerations, right, exactly. racial considerations, gender considerations. I'm, I'm confused. Either you're about restoration and therefore you forgive people, or if you're going to be that harshly judgmental and practice cancel culture, none of us yeah. can be restored. Martin Luther King Jr., quoting somebody famous, says, an eye for an eye leaves everybody My blind. It's totally true. And it's, it is a, there's a great, you know, Jewish philosophy, which, you know, I've I learned through the process is called Teshuvah and that right. I, mm -hmm. idea of 
truly having repentance and forgiveness simultaneously. Yes. That's right. So the person who is saying, wow, I really, I, I see that I messed up. And, right. uh, and just as much as me being accountable for admitting that I messed up, right. there's also on the other side that you have to forgive me. Yeah. Because in there, there's a sincerity there. Yes. Which... I like you. You make a great point, but even in when we look at things like you know the the Jerry Jones situation, right. in the sense to where it's almost like just we're gonna sweep this on the rug and act as if it never happened. Well, now I've so uh, I think, I've paid a, a lot of black men a lot of money. Is that what he said? No, 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 he's joking. That would be horrible. But in that, in that sense that's to where different. That's different. We, it's a picture. We see it. We, right. we were there. And, of course, it was however long ago. Right. But for you but not to not it. even acknowledge it. Not even say I'm sorry. Not even admit. I was showing contrition. He, right. he, had, he tried to act like that's different. Just like we're just going to wait for it to go away. Right. That's what a, a German theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer calls cheap grace. Right. Uh -huh. Right. That's on the cheap. You you trying to you trying to you trying to hijack the grace, right. so to speak. Right. So the thing is, is that right? Jerry Jones, even if you're 12, 14, well, I, I was just curious. Right. I went down there and uh, <laughs> right. so okay. Now your curiosity, however, was part of a culture yeah. of destruction and death. And now you yeah. can change it because of where you sit. Because you're one of the you, most visible. And like to your powerful, point, if right. you if there was a process to where even he said, you know what? That was horrible. That right, was wrong. Right. But now we are going to do this so that. And I've tried to make up it for since. I get all these Negroes yeah. on these contracts. <laughs> right. I done paid a lot of money out here to black men, right? But here's my point. I don't know if you're going to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm saying if somebody's telling them, right, yeah, right. I, obviously that ain't, well, you ain't going to buy your way to any restoration. But here's right. my point, though, that you're making. Jerry Jones has to be held to account. Yeah. Because even when we talk about it, right, we'll hold Kyrie to account. Right, right. We'll as we should. Little LeBron right. was trying to say, right. what, what, as we should have. I'm right. not saying we shouldn't have. We should have. You're right. But but if Kyrie is held to account and Jerry Jones not held to account, and it shouldn't be either or. Right. right? right. The point is, on its own and on prima facie evidence, what Kyrie did should be held to account. Period. End of story. Not right. comparative analysis. Right. However, in the culture in which we live, where there's a media landscape where we assign privilege or benefit or burden to other people, then, yeah, we got to be honest about who is held to account. White guys with cash don't seem to be held to account. If they own teams, they can have DWIs. They can go out here and do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. They can even use the N-word. You have to sell your team. Oh, how much? Four billion. Oh, I made it, what? Three billion dollars <laughs> right. for my... For uh, my racism. For my racism, right? So right. let's be honest about that. But Jerry Jones, in particular, you can't just skate by it. Well, I was curious. No! Right. What were you curious about? And what did you find out when you were curious? Yeah. Follow up. Here's did the follow up. So why did you find out? So why don't the open. NFL players like go to Roger Goodell? Where's the player association? Where are the other owners saying to Roger Goodell, hold him accountable? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't we, get why the power We tried that with the Kaepernick push. movement. Right. And it got right. us nowhere right. except for division within our community. Yeah. Because they own these white guys, these white billionaires own the team. And they know Jerry Jones knows some stuff they done done. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? The owner of the Washington, former Redskins, now Commanders. Right. Know some stuff that a lot of other owners did, so they, they remain silent. So Jerry Jones's complicity in a culture of derision and degradation against black people is not even pointed to. It's not the fact, and it's a false, you know, parallel. It's, it's not the fact we're trying to say, yeah. oh, what you did at 13 and 14, you should be held accountable. No, no, no. Because your, your behavior since then suggests that there's a continuity right. between that 12, 13, 14-year-old boy That's and right. what you're doing yeah. now. If any of my players bow their knees, I'm going to fire him. That sounds to me like the polite expression the, of what happened back in the Arkansas. The same guy that was standing in that picture. So we see a continuity of value right. that you have articulated in public, and therefore we should hold you account. So that's the, the Jeremy Northam difference, right? right? Like the Jeremy Northam they did, something, did something that was wrong, right. but has 20 years that moving in the other direction. In the other Jerry direction. Jones did something that right. was wrong, and, and yet ain't, ain't, you see a pattern changed. in behavior. But when changed. you go back to the conversation of truth and reconciliation, right. I personally view it as like no one really wants to say the truth because to your point, right. well, if we're going to tell truth about what Jerry did, then right. we have to tell the truth about this and this and this and this, right. and then the whole... You know, Kid system is unraveled to yeah. so, which we all, everyone knows right. that this country was built on racism. Right, right. But 
No one wants to hear that every day and deal with that every day. But black people have to deal with it every day where everyone else can actually pretend as if it's not going on because it doesn't affect them directly. Absolutely. But he, and here's the point to, to, to the brilliant point you just made. Then you want to tell the opposing side, if you would just deal with reparations, if you would just deal with racial justice once and for all, we ain't got to have a conversation. <laughs> right. We keep having a conversation because you keep having the unjust arrangement obscured right. by candy or by Band-Aid as opposed to real surgery or as opposed to anesthesia to put us all together under at one point to deal with the reconstruction of the body surgically. We don't want to, not to right. extend the metaphor, the point is simply this. If you ain't going to face the future, the future will continue, right? The past that you did, I'm sorry. Yeah, right, right. If you don't face that past, you can't face the future with any sense of integrity. And so in America, the reason why we continue to have this real horrible situation, you know, people can come from other countries, we celebrate. Oh my God, look at that pluck. Look at that determination to do right. That's because we here couldn't even get a loan and we've been here for 150 years, we can't even get the hookup, and a person just coming to the country, you give the hookup. Now, that shouldn't, that shouldn't foster xenophobia on our right. part. That shouldn't foster, we hate those immigrants. That should say we're all in the same boat together. Let's figure out ways to reconstitute American society, because we know recently arrived immigrants ain't getting no hookup right. in terms of real economic justice. But if they're given a pass because they are white identified, mm -hmm. or at least not black in terms of their public perception, there is an advantage and a value that is given to them. For instance, I, I, I talk about this and a lot of white people say, well, my people weren't here right. uh, when slavery started. Well, you ain't got to be here at the beginning to benefit from the middle. <laughs> sure, the right, point is, sure. I said, you weren't even here when you were born. Right. But you benefited from it. <laughs> right, right, right. You weren't here when the Supreme Court was 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 given, right, was created, but you, you can go to the Supreme Court now and talk about the laws that you appeal to. So not having been here, if you're a white person and you came to America 100 years ago or 50 years ago and you benefit from white supremacy and you didn't begin it, you still are complicit in a culture that allows you to create narratives of self-help, of work, of pluck, of lifting ourselves up without acknowledging that many people who work hard who don't get the same benefit. Right, Martin right. Luther King Jr. famously, the and I'm sure, right, talked about the bootstraps yeah. and how they hooked up land-grant colleges <laughs> yeah. and people got paid. It's the very people, why don't you people pull yourselves up by your bootstraps? Wait a minute, right. you? You yeah. talking? <laughs> right. well, you've been hooked up from the very beginning? So that's truth and reconciliation if we had the ability to tell that kind of truth and come to grips with us. And to bring it back to blacks and Jews, yeah. black people and Jewish people have often been on the short end of that stick, yeah. right? Have been read out of societies. Now, this is a question that I've been wanting to ask Jonathan. Yeah. This is an honest question. Sure. Where black people have a variety of, we know it's complicated, philo-Semitism, right? Love and admiration for Jewish brothers. Be like the yeah. Jews, and you know this. Why don't we be like the Jews, man? Right. We're right. over here, we, 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 we divided, we messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look what they did. Two and a half percent of the population, but they said, oh, oh, you gonna, you gonna deny us? Yeah. We gonna right. get the hookup, right? right? And we gonna help each other. Now, right. a lot of that is exaggerated. You got Jews who read Tikkun, you got ones who read right. Kabbalah, right? We know that there are Jewish people who are conservative, who are middle of the road, who are progressive, and so on and so forth. But for the sake of argument. Yeah. So black people look at Jewish brothers and sisters and say, hey, right, without all of these tropes, I'm not talking about the vicious tropes of Jews run everything, Jews right. run the finances, I'm not talking about that Henry Ford crap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. about this. If we look at the, the NBA. sense of community. A sense right. of community. If we look at the NBA, the NBA is 80% black. Right. Right. If black people say, well, we ain't got no, even rhetorically, uh -huh. any, any influence over the NBA. I'm not talking about ownership now. I'm talking about style, uh -huh. style of play, of what we do. LeBron, Michael, come on. We, 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 That's we, us. We are there. <laughs> right. We look at Jewish brothers and sisters and uh -huh. we say, Jewish brothers and sisters have been prominent and influential, not running. Not controlling, right? right? What right. I want to do? How do we speak honestly about forms and fashions of Jewish influence? And I don't even want to use the word power because you know that gets us. Right. But you know what I'm talking about? No, the I mean, power is a trope. How, how do we like, how do we talk <coughs> about these that? These are hard ways questions. To acknowledge it? Yeah, right. I mean, a lot of it's about context and how it's used, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of Jewish people 
let's say, in the entertainment world. Right. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean they're running it. Of course. Right. And it's just a short hop from that. That There right. are a lot of Jewish people who've been successful in, like, the capital markets. Right. That doesn't mean that the Jews together right. have all gotten in and said, we're going to control Wall Street. Right, exactly. So the problem for, or the, not the problem, but the challenge for a lot of Jewish people is this sounds like aberration and respect, but it's just a short hop yep. to conspiracy and demagoguery and scapegoating. Yeah, yeah. So it is not easy to do. Yeah, right. You hear this a lot. Like you can go to you know Seoul, South Korea, and you got books on secrets of the Talmud, yeah, right. financial secrets yeah, of the Talmud. You yeah. can get it in bookstores all right. over South Korea. Right. Get in parts of China too. There's right. an admiration for Jews among parts right. of Asian culture. Right. How this little people, vis-a-vis, -vis, I mean, only 50 million Jews right. on a planet of what is it, eight some odd nine million, million people. Yeah, yeah. 50 million. So right. how are they so successful? There must be something. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit of that pluck, and right. it's a little bit of that fire, and it's a little bit of that you are forced on your back, mm -hmm. and you're going to respond. Right. <clears throat> but it is tricky because so often that praise becomes right. prejudice. Right, right. And right. how does that show up? Yeah. Well, because yeah. I think even that's that's scratching the surface, but what you and I have talked about, and yeah. even you and I have talked about mm -hmm. this on other occasions, it's like and that admiration comes from a real place of, can we want that? How right, can right, we course. have an ADL? Right. What can we do as a community? Because there's two communities uh, that have been, you know, disenfranchised. Yeah. And you see one build their own hospitals, have their own police force, have an ADL, yeah. have... Uh, you know, I, the Jewish loans. Yeah. Like, when you so see that's like that, such you're a like, good example. So why like, black people can't get that? So, like, right, when right. Jews came to this country and they couldn't get mortgages, mm -hmm. they couldn't go to banks and get money. Right. Banks wouldn't lend to Jewish people. Right. So Jews created their own, like, yeah. loan associations. Right. Literally. And the reason why you got all these hospitals named Beth Israel. Right. Cedar you know, Sinai. It's Cedar right. Sinai. is because the Jews couldn't get treatment couldn't get health care. So they created their own medical institution. Well, even more reason, great wait, 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 wait. Even more reason when they can say, like, yo, we want that too, right? But that's what I'm so saying. Part question. of it is, is, yeah. is white eligibility, right? We talk mm -hmm. about that. Being perceived as white as Jewish Americans, even though the irony is is that they're being read out of whiteness in terms right. of WASP puritanism right. uh, that excludes Jewish participation. But there's also white white possibility that doesn't exist except for a few black people who can pass. Right. right. So part of it is culturally, right, in terms of getting along. Black people, this is what I meant by black people versus immigrants, but we can talk about right. Jewish brothers and sisters too, in terms of industries where we are not able to proliferate or at least be um, uh, examples of success because we have been systemically denied opportunities that might get past certain Jewish brothers and sisters who perceived as white or part of a culture where they are not seen specifically as dark-skinned people who have to be excluded. But part they of that were is, excluded, though. Like, oh, no, no, no. I'm saying Jews absolutely. Jews weren't white passing, whatever that means, right, in the first half of the century. Absolutely. Excluded. I'm not even suggesting that right. Jews therefore get over. I'm talking about in terms of optics. as Jewish brother, right? In right. terms of optics alone, right? <laughs> and, and, and not alone, but you know what I'm saying. Primarily, yeah. and the ways in which the ability to pass to be white eligible or white participants, right? right. I'm not suggesting from Jewish sides, oh, we're trying <coughs> to be white. Although some have argued that within Jewish culture, that the the seduction of a certain kind of white participation is evidently and manifestly there. But I'm right. talking about something deeper in terms of the ability of black people to participate in the same way to have our own. Right. Everything you said, right. Jews did, right? right? We did. Now we built colleges. Yeah. Well, we've done, I mean, we've done incredible things with the limited, meager resources we have. Yeah. Right. But the, the <clears throat> consideration of race has to be factored in. Right. And sure. the degree to which that consideration of race is about a certain kind of whiteness. Now, we know Jews have been demonized from the get go yeah. to this day in terms of anti Semitic hatred. But the ability to pass, the ability also to operate within a culture where you're not immediately subject. To that. Think about what's the movie, and you know this better. Is it Armageddon Time? Yeah, the new one. Have you one. seen it? Right, yeah. the new one. Yeah. Where it's about it's about, it's about some of the stuff we're talking about, yeah, right? Absolutely. Jewish brothers and sisters, black one, and then the Jewish family. Look, it's it's tough what's happening with with homeboy over here. Right. right. But we are facing forms of recrimination and devastation. We right. got stuff over here. Yeah, yeah. And all communities do that. Yeah. I mean, isolating Jews, but. The point is, all of that has to be factored into it. But there is tremendous love yeah. and appreciation. I mean, we can testify to that. For Even sure. With, with, 
with, <laughs> with rappers and talking about, you know, wanting to be Jewish and wanting to have yeah. those kind of institutions. But when Jay-Z made that song. But praise <laughs> the prejudice, though. But we know, right. but even as you're praising, right. you're over, you're exaggerating what yeah. might be going on, and therefore you're feeding into the very stereotype yeah. that the you want to, yeah. the, the tropes but, and stereotypes that you want to undercut. So you make a great, you make a great point, and I even want to just simplify just based off of our audience. Who mm -hmm. we're because we can sit here and pontificate and, you know, use mm -hmm. all these yeah. heavy terms and we understand what we're talking about within mm -hmm. this shorthand. But when there's people who are catching this in a soundbite, they see this on TikTok, they see this yeah. on uh, YouTube mm -hmm. and they're like, all right, these guys are sitting there talking <coughs> about the relations within their community. But when they hear a song from Jay-Z that talks about, hey, I'm a billionaire now and let I learned from the Jewish people and how and land and stuff. And then the Jewish community is like, wait, hold on. That doesn't seem like a compliment. How do we simplify it in in those ways to where in 30 seconds you can say you can say this, you can't say that. This stuff this is, is so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard because yeah, like it doesn't yeah, lend because, itself. Because it starts right. getting to too TikTok. heavy. Yeah. Right. It starts getting too, like you but have degrees heavy. on degrees and can talk about but I came from the hood, though. But, but I, I, I didn't grow up there, though. I grew up in Detroit. So my point is, as you know, I mean, and that's one of the things we had to talk about, too, in terms of black and Jewish culture, the appreciation for the text and right. the book and the anti-intellectualism that's deeply entrenched in American culture right. that also happens in some quarters of our own culture right. where we don't appreciate the very scholars we produce, like you an egghead. Yeah, be, gla be glad I'm an egghead, but I <laughs> came up out of that damn hood. Right. So I, I give no quarter to anybody. But the point is, is that, as Jonathan was saying earlier, it's one thing to acknowledge, right? And, and I think any rapper, Jay-Z, or anybody else whom we all know and love and appreciate, all right, but it's one thing to say, hey, Jewish brothers and sisters have been extremely successful in the financial industry and blah, right. blah, blah. We're filling the blanks. Right. And we acknowledge that and we appreciate that, right? There's a difference in saying they own everything and all and everything belongs to them. That slips into an arena of a trope that talks about, in an unintentionally, but and inadvertently, but nonetheless effectively, that, aha, we were right, Jews are trying to control the world, That's Jews right. are trying to run things, Jews are trying, right? That's and, a slippery slope. By the way, this is one of the challenging things. So like when an organization like ADL, which was created because of the discrimination and the slander facing Jews, when ADL stands up and says, well, this was wrong what somebody said, and then there's some kind of consequences for it. We go back, right. we go back to Whoopi, yeah. if you want. And people are like, aha, you see? The Jews control everything. <laughs> right. So the Jews, if you say nothing, we get it. Right, right. If you the, do, you... the prejudice is sustained. Right. Yeah. If we say something in some quarters, it actually reinforces the prejudice. Right. So a so, lot of Jewish people feel very, you know, kind of hemmed in because yeah. we're not really sure. Right. Many well, what, 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 see, what, what are we just, supposed to do? Just take like what Jay-Z, we know like Jay-Z, it, yeah. it is, right? And Jay-Z appreciates, works with, and partners with Jewish brothers and sisters. We know Jay-Z didn't <laughs> intend anything except right. recognition of the power, the efficacy, and the beauty of the And this is, we're talking Jewish about identity. his song, The Story of OJ, which right. he was ta really talking you know about. Right, yeah, right. how to mm -hmm. be, you know, just the perception of his blackness. Right. As he got more and more successful, and he made a statement. And taking money out of strip clubs, put it in the yeah, right, right. right. Very practical. Yeah. <laughs> very practical. Oh, well, if I give this $6 today to the strip club yeah. and I add up for a year, that is a, an investment I could right. make. But <laughs> the song, because of certain tropes that, right. it, that it then was deemed anti-Semitic. Right. right. But, or, or LeBron. Yeah. And, but, but I think, and what happens is, is that those figures, we know. I mean, and, and, and some people came to Jay-Z's defense. This is what he meant. Uh, he was talking about an acknowledgement and appreciation for Jewish brothers and sisters. And, and I know you know that. Yeah. But, as you said, <clears throat> even if we don't intend to, right. we can slip into arenas where we reinforce the very prejudice That's against right. which we speak. But we know it's far from Jewish, far from a harvest to it, just had the balls to do it. Yeah, I mean, right. Jay has been loving Jews <laughs> from the get-go, right? Right. right? And it's real. It, it is legitimate appreciation right. for that kind of relationship. And Whoopi uh, Goldberg as well. So the thing is, is that the cancel culture we were talking about, if we had space to mess up, if right. we had space to make a mistake, like in my classroom, I tell them this is a safe space 
ain't nothing you gonna say in here gonna be seen as crazy and you can't say it. Now, I can't speak for your fellow uh, <laughs> class members who gonna come at you, but I'm gonna create a space where we can say things, we can argue toward, we can say stuff at the beginning of the semester that we don't say at the end so of the semester because we've learned. This is That's so important. important. We need brave spaces, yeah. not safe spaces. Mm. That's even better. Right? right. That's what we've created That's here. That's what we created right. here. Yeah. So you exactly. can talk. And you can't have this. I'll be so, back next let me week. Understand why it's there you go. But it's true. It's so yeah. true. And you had something in the New York Times op-ed I thought was so smart. It's not just about we can say things about one another right. that you hear very differently right. when it comes from someone who's not your own. That's true. Yeah. So when when Jewish tone. people right. talk about Jews, it right. feels very different than when maybe a non-Jewish person would say something about the Jews. Yeah. When a black person uses I can call my words. brother this, right. but right. you can't call my brother right. this. Exactly. Right. Right. And if every community is doing it, then every community is doing it. So let's acknowledge that. Right. Yeah. But let's give space for grace. You know, the brave spaces, yeah. the safe spaces, the places where we can debate and that argue. Was the, that the was first, a bar. You was just rhyming <laughs> right there. You was spitting. And the first draft is not the ultimate draft. Right. We're just, this is the first right. draft. Right. Can I just get it right? Can I change my mind? Can I evolve? Anyway. This so. problem in social media culture, yeah. right. where that first draft is oh. the draft. It yeah. is. That's right? it. I Whatever thought, I thought, I just put boom. it out there. Or you're 13. My God, yeah. is social media's around when I was a kid? Right. 13? Yeah. 14? 15 again? Super you hard. go back and now, uh, this guy is a first round draft pick and he's 22 years old, but he in, said something and when he was 13. He said this. Yeah. Dude, I'm not with that. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't yeah. care what he said. Yeah. I'm not with that. If he is of a knife, he's saying the same thing. <laughs> right. a different story. Right. But right. if you evolved, oh, I was a kid, I was singing a rap song. But that's it. Again, that goes back to the Jerry Jones of it. But Jerry he Jones was... ain't, but he ain't said that. Right. These right. other people right. go, right. sorry. Right. What I said was ignorant. Right. I'm, I, a, 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 that's what we're saying. If Jerry Jones will go, well, you just know, acknowledge. I, I said yeah. that thing. That Accountability. Then we go, Jerry. That's cool. We're gonna watch the Cowboys, but we ain't <laughs> watching the Cowboys <laughs> right. until you straighten up your stuff. But we yep. ain't doing that. We don't have the power to do that. And Jerry Jones is not held to account by the media to do that. That's partly what LeBron was talking about as well. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, this conversation can go on we can forever. Keep we could keep mm. going, but you, you drop so many gems, so much wisdom. In such a short uh, time, mm. you definitely got to come back. I wish you could come man, back uh, every week, yeah, but we know no you got to go. You got to go be professor. <laughs> um, Y'all got to come. Let's do this uh, live in, uh, we'll do it in Vanderbilt. We'll do yeah. it in Vanderbilt. I, I would love dope. to do I that. Do that. Do I'm game. Absolutely. All right, cool. I'm Let's game. do that. All right. There we're it is. Work we'll, it out. well, we thank you for uh, coming to the Investigative Research Lab here at the ADL and joining us on To Hate my or brother. Not To Hate. No you are my brother, my family, someone I always look up to, Mr. Michael Eric Dyson, y'all. I got one more question I want to ask. All right, go all for it. Right. Bonus. This is a bonus. Go okay, for it. A is it really all white supremacy? Let me tell you what I mean by that. Mm. So there are, for, there are Jewish people, and we see a, we see a rise of anti-Semitism in the United States. Mm -hmm. We have seen it in recent years. We've seen a spike in anti-Jewish incidents, acts of harassment, vandalism, and violence. Mm -hmm. We also see attitudes changing, going in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. By the way, in the overall population, it over-indexes in some minority communities. You know, uh, it's a real challenge. It mm -hmm. over-indexes in some elements of political spectrum. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Jewish people are concerned about it. And yet a lot of that anti-Semitism can come from not, I think, just a perspective of white supremacy, but actually anti-Jewish hate that's manifest from Israel. Where there are, like we saw this happen in May of 2021 when there was fighting in Gaza. And mm -hmm. you can have strong feelings about the Israeli-Palestinian crisis. Right. But we had Jewish people walking down the street in Times Square or on La Cienega Boulevard in Los Angeles or in, you know, a Boca in South Florida mm -hmm. getting attacked because they were wearing kippot or because they could visibly be identified as being Jewish. And the perpetrators weren't right-wing extremists, right. weren't you know, uh, white supremacists. There were people who were quote unquote pro-Palestine or people who were come from a rally and felt enraged, or people who had read something online. And if I look at places like Europe where there's so much anti-Semitism, again, there's a huge problem with the far right there, don't get me wrong, right, right. in Germany, <clears throat> in France, in the UK. But there's also a problem with people who've been radicalized by a kind of zealous sort of uh, Islamist nationalism. Well, look. So how do we how do we deal with that? All white supremacy <coughs> is anti-Jewish, but not all anti-Jewish sentiment is white supremacist. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So we know that there are historic legacies 
of anti-Semitism that predate what we understand as white supremacy. Though white supremacy has metamorphosized and metastasized across a number of axes, bodies, right. thoughts, and so on. Right. Right. Because what I mean by white supremacy is not just, aha, I hate you, I'm going to lynch you. Right. White supremacy is the conscious or unconscious belief in the inherent superiority of one group right. and the inherent inferiority of all who fall outside. Right. So we can see why under that rubric, under that umbrella, anti-Semitism falls, mm -hmm. clearly. Mm -hmm. But not all anti-Semitic acts are generated by the white, same Fair. white supremacist logic. Fair. What you're pointing to, right, the history of anti-Semitism from the get-go. Uh, the Jews as misers, the Jews as people who refuse, right? That ain't got nothing to do with white supremacy right. in terms of uh, a political ideology. It has to do with the construction of the r racial or ethnic profile right. of a people who throughout history have been subject to criminal forms of resistance, oppression, and hatred. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right there. Um, and that's a, a bigger uh, kettle of fish uh, to fry because on the one hand you can speak about Jewish brothers and sisters from within the arc of safety of Jewish communities who have been highly critical of Israel as a state. Sure, of its but, policies, of its programs. All that, right? But understand the protection of Jewish people as a people. And the collapse of the definition is part of an anti-Semitic trope to begin with, right? right? Uh, to elide the state of Israel into all Jews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's just nuts, right? Yeah. But so, so you're dealing with kind of political economy, you're dealing with political designation, you're dealing with ideology, uh, but the bottom line is is that anti-Semitism is deeply stitched into the fabric of cultures across the globe, across space and time. And so to reduce it to one ideological index is itself misled, but to speak about the broader anti-Semitic traits that have traced throughout the last three, four thousand years is a real yeah. process. And That's I think fair. it's probably, I mean, from the way I view it, and this is every scenario, when you think about the systemic issues mm -hmm. of what classism is, mm -hmm. because in order for <laughs> capitalism to work, in order for people's personal self-esteem, if there's a hierarchy, right. there has to be someone beneath me. Mm -hmm. And then when you're the bottom, mm -hmm then that anger, that, that like, I'm at the bottom, so therefore I got to hate up. Do you think that's unique to capitalism? I mean, don't you find Well, I mean, that? I think that's where, how capitalism works. Right, like, right. You, I got to be able to make my money and do this because in the way even, as we know, the, the issues of the way America was built mm -hmm. to where that's what it is. It's like, okay, these, that's what Dr. King was trying to, when it was the poor people's party, it was more about... Like, look, we're all we're all messed up. This, yeah. All of this shit is, is horrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because classism had to be separated, it had to say, oh, the poor whites, you may be at the bottom of the economic structure and capitalism, but you're still better than those black people. Mm -hmm. Sure. So in that sense mm -hmm. to where even in the times where the whether it's in Brooklyn or wherever we see where you see two disenfranchised communities coexisting together, they're going to fight because... Mm -hmm. You're going to say, no, you're the bottom. No, you're the bottom. We're, we both right. know we're not at nowhere near the top, right. but we must fight amongst each other to be able to just, in my own self-esteem, to be able to operate mm -hmm. and feel like a human. I got to feel like I'm better yeah. Well, or yeah. that I'm above someone. Right. Well, two things. First of all, but there was an agrarian culture and feudal culture as well. Anti-Semitism was real. Yeah, of course. So, so we can talk about the way in which capitalism facilitated the logic of yeah. white supremacy or subordination. On the other hand, to put it positively, Dr. King is in jail, right? We know the King holiday is coming up. And he's in Birmingham, and his jailer, the warden, and the other one's like, Dr. King, you know, this, this, this uh, anti, um, you know, this anti, uh, you know, segregation stuff is wrong. Segregation is right. He said, no, it's not. Yeah. And then he finally asked, well, well, how much money do you make? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. And then when he told him, he said, Doctor, hell, you need to be yeah, out here much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a dream, and you do. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, so the positive statement is we yeah. have so much more in common yeah. than we have apart. It sounds like a cliche, yeah. but as Tony well, Morrison so once true. said, cliches exist because they persist over space and time, yeah. and they got some truth and logic. Yeah, and so, so in that sense, we got more together yeah. than we ever have apart. Bravo. There it is. It is. More mm. similarities than differences. We're no stronger. Uh, as as a brotherhood
And a uh, sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so much wisdom. Like I said, we can go on and on. You definitely have to come back uh, so we can alleviate and get rid of all of this hate uh, yes. and, and infuse it. it with wisdom. No Michael doubt. Eric Dyson.